two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Priority One Podcast. I'm Caleb. <laughs> and I'm Trevor. And, uh, okay, we're... Gotcha! I don't know who to be now. Uh, Caleb Caleb isn't here. We're just trying to Trevor. compensate. Yeah. 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 Or Lauren. Oh, yeah. Or anyone. It's, or AK. It's, or Britt. Or Britt. And it's me and Hoyt sitting here. I'm Andrew. That's Hoyt. And I'm Hoyt. What's up, everybody? How's it going? So uh, today we're going to be continuing along in our story time series. Uh, and today we're going to hear about Hoyt's story. So Hoyt. Take it away. Take okay. It away. So uh, I have more or less kind of covered a big, big chunk of my story in my time spent away episode. In the alone time in the cabin. Yeah, during the alone time in the cabin. So I won't camp out there as much since you already know that information. Um, or at least we hope they do. Or yeah. Those we may don't come know out after ones. this. Oh, yeah. There might be some spoilers I'll, in this I'll hit the, Yeah, there might be. I'll hit some of the high points then. But I'm going to camp out at different spots throughout this. But um, So yeah, my story is kind of uh, a little messy with the timeline on uh, me coming to faith. So let's just start off from the beginning, right? I was born September 8th, 2000. <laughs> just tell my literally everything I can remember about my life. That what was the hospital room? <laughs> it was in Tupelo, Mississippi. I know that. And oh, I think okay. I was born on the third floor. I think. I could be wrong about that. Uh, fun fact. Me and a childhood friend had the same birthday, and we were born in the same hospital. Actually, I don't know about the same hospital, but he was born in Tupelo, too. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Shout out Chanley McDaniel. Uh, I know you're listening to this. Actually, no, you're probably not. But anyway. <clears throat> so, um, like most people in the South, I grew up in church and just sort of did the whole church thing throughout my childhood and up until high school, just kind of did the whole church thing. Knew um, Bible stories. I knew uh, who Jesus was. Um, I knew what the Bible said about him, but I didn't. No, I didn't get ahead of myself. I knew that those things. Um, and throughout like high school and everything, I and middle school, I just kind of had really no regard for that. Even though I said I was a Christian, I claimed Christianity. Um, you know, there was no real fruit in my life at the time. Um, I would go to, you know, all the retreats, the denals that we've talked about before, um, camps. I went to every camp. Well, no, I say every camp. I missed two camps because of shame, for Even. shame. I was being a bad pseudo-Christian. Um <laughs> Uh, the camp, the main camp that I went to in junior high and high school was student life, which I am working at right now. As you are hearing this, uh, I'll be doing the games with the childrens for the week. Be out in the sun <clears throat> for most of the day. Oh yeah, I'm. I miss so bad. I, I, I miss so bad that I'm not going to be. I can't do this at a Christian camp, but like be a lifeguard to where I can just walk around in just shorts all day and just get a nice tan from like upper to mid thigh down. You know, I get really tan, people. It's it's nice. I enjoy it. Because then I don't have, like, I think it is. It's probably actually just going to lead to skin cancer one day. But I feel like I have this protection around me that I don't have to wear uh, uh, sunscreen anymore. So I'll put on some, like, the first week of work, and then I get nice and tan. And uh, then it just goes downhill. 
Anyway, so I go to these camps, and, you know, everyone knows what happens at camp. You know, you get the spiritual high, you're having fun, you're in your word, but uh, that's that's something. Uh, you're in your word, you know, you're praying, all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, after about a week or so, that kind of dies down. You go back to your you no know, mundane routine of life, just kind of going about how you want to go about it. At least that was the uh, truth for me anyway. So fast forward, we're going to graduate from high school now. Um, first summer working as a lifeguard, working with all my friends from high school and everything. That was a lot of fun. And uh, But that summer, that summer, boy, just pure debauchery. We'll put it at that. Um, and towards the end of the summer, I kind of was like, man, you know, this really just isn't healthy. So we're going to like stop doing that, stop hosting all the parties and stuff. And uh, I'm going to graduate in high school, as I said, going to EC. And I had every intention of just being like, you know, regular Joe Schmo, going to class, getting his associate's degree. Um, I did not know where I was going to go, going into EC after I graduated. Um, I had a number of places I was thinking about. Um, Mississippi State was probably the best one that are Ole Miss for some reason. Uh, I Okay, so I used to – there was a short, short stint in my life where I had thought about being a writer and I was going to go get an English major from Ole Miss because – um, William Faulkner from Oxford. Anyway, uh, so I go there, and one of the things that happens the first week at EC is they have like a club night set up in the gym there, and we have this at State too. It's just on the drill field. Um, what's it called? We call it club night at EC, but it's like I have no idea. You know, we, you know, everybody sets up on the drill field, and like everybody kind of goes around, sees what they want to get involved with. Oh, they do them at orientations. Shades of Starkville. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's the, the like, does one. Like, yeah, that Shades yeah. of Starkville. I think. Yeah, maybe. Don't don't quote me on that one. <laughs> but anyway, I, we go to um the gym. Me and my uh some of my friends that some I had lifeguarded with, some that I've just known since I was a child. Uh, EC's kind of it's joked about. It's kind of like the thirteenth grade of Winston Academy because half of our class went there after we graduated. There was a lot that went to four years though after, but that's beside the point. So we go to the gym, all the clubs are set up, um, kind of looking around. I get introduced to Warrior Corps, which is like our recruiting and orientation team. I at EC, This is pretty cool about EC. They, so we have Warrior Corps, and they don't just do orientations. They do visits, orientations, and recruiting. Like We go with the recruiters to the high schools and stuff to do it. Um, got involved with that, loved that, loved the people there. Um, started walking around, and then I saw my friend Cameron from uh, high school. He was set up at the uh, BSU table, and I'd heard about BSU. I thought about maybe going and everything. And he's yawning. Thank right. you. Bored with his own story, honestly. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Um, but it's, it's just his lack of sleep. Honestly, constantly. Oh my gosh, literally. So I commute and I'm already a night owl. Okay, but school's over. Oh, this is true. I'm just saying why I'm still tired from it. (laughs) So I've commuted the last two years of school. I committed an an hour uh, to and fro from EC 
my sophomore year. And then it's just a nice 30-minute drive from my house to Starfield. Um, But I'm already a night owl as it is. So I end up staying up late with my friends here and then leaving around midnight <laughs> and then getting home. And then I probably don't go to sleep till about one. That's like the average night of average time of when I went to bed. And then I open up at my job at the communication department at 8 a.m. So I have to get up around six to leave on time and get a nice parking spot. It's like a solid five hours of sleep. At least. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's all good. It's all good. I, I feel like that's. It's like exactly what they recommend, right? When they seven to nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's below. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweet spot of seven to nine, honestly. Except subtract like two or three. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I see my friend Cameron at the BSU table. I go up and speak to him, and he invites me to BSU uh, on Tuesday nights as a BSUer should. As a as a proper BSU leader should. He was on the lead team with Caleb, uh, who was the president at the time. Y'all know this information. And um, they they should they should well it, it was in our first two episodes oh, okay yeah if you haven't listened to those first two episodes you can go back go and back listen and to them them now we'll wait for you a nice are you listening <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh him and I think yeah it was his actually wife in okay so we're recording this episode on May fourteenth. Yes. Uh, he was there with his wife in who is who will be his wife in a few hours. By the time you hear this, they'll already be ma- be married. Anyway, just a cute little thing to add. Uh, invites me there, guys. Bible studies on Wednesday night, but they were having a. Uh, I didn't go to this because I got mixed up to where the pavilion was on EC. I didn't know its campus that well, though it was only like three feet long. Um, <laughs> When they said pavilion, there's this thing behind the BSU that I thought we were going to meet at. Little did I know, it's actually out beside this little lake by the campus, and I just missed. So I just went back, hung Sounds out with like my just gave you bad information. Yeah, I don't know. That might have been just my stupidity of not actually paying attention on the orientation visit. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so I started going, and... Um, meeting all these great people. Literally, the the day I met Caleb Collins, we just hit it off. Best friends immediately. Literally, uh, I forget who introduced us. I think I think Cameron introduced me to Caleb. Yeah, because I remember him saying like, "Dude, you really need to meet Caleb Collins." I was like, "Bet." Uh, so there's that, and I actually already knew the BSU director. He's from Louisville. Uh, shout out, brother Scott Scott Vaughn. Um, me and when me and Britt met at that camp he was working the camp so i got to see him during that too so a lot of fun um but before the summer started uh i had started learning guitar and this is kind of like my first experience with worship leading worship and stuff um kind of dangerous that i wasn't an actual true christian we're going to get to that here in a minute um so i started playing and one night uh we're all sitting in the conference room there at the BSU and someone has their guitar and you know, I knew a few chords. That's about it. You know, in part two. Um, and so I think I started playing, uh, this is when Morgan Wallen got huge our freshman year. He was already kind of big, but I started playing cover me up like his cover of it. And, uh, 
started playing that and the worship leader lexi was like hey you're pretty good like you can you know keep a pretty good rhythm and everything you should try out for the bsu band i said uh, I just kind of picked up guitar a few weeks ago. I only know like four chords. And she said, that's all you need. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, for real. To be a good worship leader, you need four chords, a capo, and weird hair. I had a nice fade. I didn't have weird hair. I had a nice, nice little haircut. I'm more so, I'm getting back to where like I had that butt cut. Like you've seen that picture of me. Yeah, I used to have like this like 90s boy band, Nick Carter from uh, back, uh, um, Backstreet Boys kind of haircut. Um, but I'm bringing it back though, because you want to be the rec leader at Student Life with long hair. Like you're the you're the cool guy if you have the long hair. Um, so I tried out, got in the BSU band, and started leading worship with Caleb and uh, my friend Peyton and all those guys. And um, yeah, and that just really started the process of God actually wooing me to Himself and actually showing me what. Uh, the Bible is actually about and what it means to be a Christian. And so my freshman year happens and we were going to go on this uh, mission trip to Kansas City and we were going to run a VBS for the kids there at the church that uh, Brother Scott knew, I think, or if he just got invited. I'm not sure. I ramble on. Um, but COVID hits during our spring break, which was a week before everybody else's. Uh, that year, I remember that because I went back home to go to. Uh, I was working at a coffee shop on the weekends in Louisville, and I go back home, and the girls I was working with went to my high school, so um, they were there all that next week. And people were asking me where like, I thought you got off, and I was like, "Oh, but this thing called COVID happened," and they were like, "What's that?" And I'm like, I'm "Just kidding." They knew what it was because they were out of school too. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone was out of school. I got a whole two week spring break. That spring break lasted a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was two weeks of spring break, and then I just had to be on computer to watch like two classes a day, and then spring break went until next semester. That's something that's so interesting. Okay. During the whole course of COVID, hey, you know, you just, we went strictly online. There was no, uh, I don't know, that might have been different for you, but um, like I didn't zoom into any classes the rest of that semester they just kind of put all their stuff online and we just did it i had a couple that were okay this is class time we're gonna meet on webex during class time we were fancy we use webex oh yeah Um, you were ahead of the time yeah and then uh i like webex though it's kind of nice but then classes like physics he just said Ah, y'all guys got this and he would post a page of his notes and not do anything i How think was he that? also sent out some like youtube like high school physics videos it <laughs> like was from the 90s it was like really bad graphics like and then just a page of his notes and he says y'all can learn from this wow that's crazy what it, it, it did not end up well for anyone in that yeah, class nah. i don't think i don't think so yeah so um my sophomore year was like the whole covid thing you know um and i only had one class that met online but only because it was a hybrid so it was online and in person i only went in person like it might have just been an online class i went to the classroom three times maybe and then we we zoom called twice for that whole semester that's the only class i've ever had to 
Yawn part three. <sighs> Big yawn part three. That's the only class during the whole COVID thing that I had to zoom in for a meeting. Only class. Because at EC they had they like had the rule where if it was like a certain amount of uh, people in the class or under, you could meet in person. And all of my classes were like that. So I didn't have to do the whole Zoom thing, more or less. Um, but I digress. You missed out on like sitting in your pajamas at your desk at home. I did. I feel like that would have been kind of nice. It got old fast. Yeah. I, the yang of it. Um, so COVID happens. And I'm diabetic, in case you don't already know. Um, and my parents put us out at put me out at our cabin by my where we normally record by myself for about a month. And by the way, we're in Andrew's lovely apartment during this episode. Shout out Campus Trails, please sponsor us. <laughs> I love that we're getting apartment complexes to sponsor us. <laughs> I'm not living here next year, but please sponsor us. Where are you going? I'm living with Caleb. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah. House cool, across cool, cool. Starkville. Yep. Anyway, uh, so I get put in there and at the cabin by myself because the diabetes um, at high risk for COVID. And they just didn't want me out about around people. And during this time, um, I started experiencing a lot of spiritual warfare. And in such a way where it wasn't more so just like, yeah, I felt there was a, me and Lauren were talking about this last night on on the podcast like uh, yeah. that we recorded last night. You'll hear about this uh, later this summer, I do yeah. believe. Or it may already be out. If there's an episode about Lauren's story time in Puerto Rico out, you'll know about this. Know but about if, not, if not, you'll hear about it soon. Yeah, Stay tuned. We were talking. Stay tuned. Spoilers. Watch it next week. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's next week. I have no clue. No, Caleb I, was supposed to send me the schedule of when all the episodes were going to be out this <laughs> summer, and he still hasn't done that. Oh, man. That's crazy. Okay, so we were talking about spiritual warfare, and she mentioned this, like, uh, she had a nightmare one night, and she just woke up, and she could just feel the heaviness in her room. I felt that, like, so I was out there by myself for a whole month. I felt that at least for three weeks. And just throughout all this, I started rightfully doubting my faith um, that I thought I had um, and just kind of questioning things I thought I had believed and rightfully so. And I'm so thankful that I came to that point because this is what happened. Um, I was following this false Christianity at the time. Um, I wouldn't call it super progressive, but it was just kind of like very soft, not a lot of depth, not actual true Jesus, not much talk More of God. Like the cultural Christianity you see around Precisely. a lot. Yeah. Like, like you look up cultural Christianity. Like go, going, being a Christian because it makes you feel good or, you know, it's like it's yeah. a get out of jail free card if I. But not that's, taking it as seriously. As that's exactly be. how I treated it. And that's another thing me and Lauren talked about last night. Um, the get out of jail free card kind of thing. Oh, no, that was a previous episode. Never mind. Um, scratch that. So, uh, you know, I feel like 
this is exactly how where I was, and I feel like I just want to make this kind of PSA. If you are calling yourself a Christian and you are not actively pursuing righteousness, um, but you're kind of just saying, okay, I have grace, um, so I'm just going to kind of do what I want and live by my own fleshly convictions, you won't be convicted about the things that are righteous. You won't pursue the righteousness that God says we ought to pursue, which is, you know, the righteousness of Jesus. And that's where I was. I was the culture Christian Christian. If you looked up culture of Christianity in the in uh, a dictionary, not the Bible, um <laughs> in a dictionary you would have seen my face. Uh at EC. I'm just this is just kind of a joke. Like and I, I I'm more so still kind of dressed like this for worship, but like I wore really tight black skinny jeans. Like I could have led worship at Passion. I'm not even lying. Or I could have spoken at Passion. They kind of dressed the same. but Or he could have gone on stage with Journey. Either or. I could have done that. I could have been... I could have been on stage with Guns N' Roses if my shirt was just like baggy. You know? <laughs> you know like how, dra- how Slash used to dress with the leather pants and he would wear yeah. like a long... like. Yeah. Actually, that's how pastors dress now. They have the long shirt. Golly, well, man. More of the uh, hip pastors. Yeah, the hip pastors, which is who I was following. Yeah. I was listening to all these people. You've heard us talk about Hillsong. One of my favorite guys was Carl Lentz at the time. Golly, am I glad I stopped listening to him. Yeah. You know. Uh, what episode? We had like a whole episode where we like, just like listed off, you know, if you listen to this, go listen to this guy. Oh, yeah. We, we did like a, we more or less did a compare and contrast kind of deal. I, I wouldn't really that, but we listed off like the people who culture loves right now yeah, and the people who are actually like true biblically sound teachers. And so God was still slowly wooing me to himself and just kind of drawing my attention closer to what uh, the true gospel actually is. And that's something that I learned was the whole gospel during that time. It wasn't just like Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life. You tell an unbeliever that, like, oh, Jesus loves me. That's great. I love me too. <laughs> oh, he's got a great plan for my life. You got two of these Jesuses. Can I, you know? And if he loves me, he's going to support all these plans I have for life and fulfill yeah. all my dreams. Negative. He will f- fulfill the desires of your heart. <laughs> you take that verse widely out of context. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that I was, you know, convinced of. He will give me the desires of my heart. You got to read the other part of the verse saying, if you follow in his will. <laughs> yeah. So if you follow in his will, your will becomes his will. And exactly. then the desires of your heart are the desires of his heart. Exactly. Your whole will changes. Not that you don't sin anymore or have those st- desires from your fleshly body but it's that your whole will changes that in Romans 7 Paul talks about whether I am you know following what my flesh does or am I following righteousness I agree with the law of God that it is so good um and so I started you know questioning all this stuff and it really depressed me and I went into a very heavy depressive state um I started doubting religion at all cost you know um and I started questioning whether or not I might may or may not be an atheist, which is a weird turn that I took. I was like, do I even believe in God at all? Like, does any of this actually exist? And those are the questions. And I was like more or less believing that I was probably being confessed and convinced that it wasn't. 
but all I knew was um, to keep seeking. Because, granted, while I wasn't saved, I knew what the Bible said, and I knew what it promised. Um, that those who come to me, I will not cast away. I think that's what it says. I probably just used two different translations, but... Well, um, the, the, I think there's several verses that it's like, whoever comes to me, I will yeah. never cast out. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like John 6, or John... Yeah, yeah John 6. John. Yeah. It's Jesus talking about the sheep. Yeah. Right. Um... All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. Yes, that's the one I was looking for. Thank you. Um, I'm saying um a lot. I gotta quit. I used to be really good. I was. I've been good the last few episodes. I'm not doing that. But today, not happening. Um, 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 um. um. So funny. I was talking to my uncle a few weeks ago, and he was like, "Hoy, I can do an awesome impression of you on the podcast." <laughs> Knew exactly where it was going to. <laughs> he was like, "Okay, are you ready?" I said, "Yeah, let's hear it." And he goes, "Um, so Jesus, um, yeah, and so yeah, um, <laughs> and I raw, raw dizzy." Okay, I was doubting everything I believed, right? And something happened just in the middle of it, an indescribable experience one night. Um, I was like, you know, you know. I feel there's some some sort of spiritual warfare going on in my head. I had heard that term before. There was something in there was a heaviness about my cabin. I was like, it's time to like maybe drown out the sound a little bit and play some worship music, shall we say? So, and I had started watching some sermons, and I came across this one by Paul Washer, and he was uh, talking about Matthew seven. And just talking about true Christianity and actually following Jesus. Um, and like I said before, and I'll say it a million times before again, and I will say it a million times past that. Matthew 7 is one of my most favorite passages of Scripture because of how it has impacted me. So Matthew 7 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Starting verse 21, by the way. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So it's it's kind of tricky being in this situation where I was in, where you're not really having anyone witness to you and walk you through you know, the whole gospel, but the gospel was shared in this awesome sermon by Paul Washer. And, and like prior to that, you had never heard of like the verses like that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that I hadn't heard them, but a, I didn't know what they mean. I just kind of ignored them. Yeah. Cause it was like, Oh, but you know, God loves me though. You know, that's not talking about me. <laughs> nay, nay. <laughs> it's very much talking about me. I very much found myself in that camp of, you know, I'm a cultural Christian. I identify this way. I'm doing all these cool things. I'm in a worship band. Um, but you're, you're checking off all the boxes. I'm checking off all the boxes. Box checker badge acquired, right? But the one, the the biggest thing that I found in this gospel presentation, which I think is so crucial to getting the gospel right, and it's I had realized that throughout my whole life, I had no repentance of sin. 
I had no turning away and pursuing righteousness, which is becoming more holy, becoming more like Jesus, you know? I pretty had, important part of the faith. Pretty important part of, and, I, and I'll say this, part of sharing the gospel with people. Yeah. Because you, you're warning them about the whole counsel of God, so that Paul talks about in Acts. And if you're sharing them the gospel, you're not just telling them that Jesus loves them and that he died for their sins and everything, but you're, you're showing, okay, yeah, if you believe this, this is what happens, but also if you turn away today and you never repent before the day of judgment and turn to God, this is what will happen. You got to show what life's going to look like after you make that decision that day. Yeah. And that's something that Paul Washer talked about in the sermon. Paul says, take up your cross daily. Daily, yes. And he says, I die every day. Dies to himself. But it was it was the repentance. It was the pursuing righteousness that I had not grasped. That I just thought, you know, oh yeah, grace is free. I can live however I want. Which would not necessarily probably wasn't what I was thinking, but it's definitely the way I lived and was very much convicted in that way. Um... So I just kind of like made a little note here. I said, um, I had no repentance. I had no regard for the things of the Bible or the words of Jesus. I had heard my whole life. And that's a dangerous thing because people can and do deceive themselves. And that's exactly what I was dis- doing. I was deceiving myself and thinking that I was something that I wasn't in that. And that something that I wasn't is a follower of Jesus, which is the most important thing you can do in your life. And I was... As DJ Khaled would say, congratulations, I played myself, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so God saved me in the middle of the pandemic. And all the pandemic sucked and it brought about a lot of difficulties and not being able to hang out with friends as much anymore and all this kind of stuff. It's where I got saved. So I'm eternally grateful for the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> Uh, because I think if I would have gone on that mission trip and just kind of continued with school, I don't know if maybe, hypothetically, I don't know if maybe I would have ever actually truly been saved, and maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have. Um, But that's why I'm very grateful for that. Um, I've been attracted to that Christianity for so long, and it was refreshing to see true biblical Christianity and what the Bible actually said and actually wanting to pursue uh, biblical truth. Um, But since then, uh, I would like to say that I haven't struggled with the same things I struggled before. Um, Just be a lie to say that I hadn't, you know, because I'm still in the flesh. And that's the thing, though. It's it's your a. You have a new relationship with God. You have a relationship with God that you didn't have before because you were once enemies uh, of God before you were saved. And but it's the it's also the new relationship with sin you have in your life, and that's the biggest thing that I've noticed prior to when I thought I was saved as a child. I hate the sin in my life. Um, probably not as perfectly as I should hate it, you know. But it's, there's a new relationship there. There is an important. There is a repentance. There is a understanding that I am offending God when I sin, and which I think is just so beautiful. And through the next year of my life, went through a, 
uh, relationship and everything. And I've talked about how that was before. And well, I, I, I have talked about like some things that, you know, I regret in that, but there was also a lot of good that came out of that. Um, kind of made me realize the man that I need to be and made me realize a lot of things, a lot more things about myself than I had not realized before that have made me a more well-rounded Christian. And uh, so I come to state. Caleb obviously gets me involved with the music again. I meet all you wonderful people. Um, and I, earlier this year, I'd always thought about going to seminary, but not actually like maybe surrendering to ministry. I just kind of wanted to go to seminary to go to seminary, uh, maybe get involved in ministry. Um, but it's been very evident in my life uh, through a heart-to-heart with my mom one night that I am have been called to preach and go into pastoral ministry, which is where I'm at right now. Um, striving to finish this bachelor's degree from Mississippi State and get down there to New Orleans. And yeah, do you have anything you want to add? Can't think of much. I mean, I remember, like you said, getting involved in music thing, meeting all of us. I just remember sitting up in the sound booth, running sounds like, oh, there's that, there's that bass player that just sits there and like plays rock music in between when Caleb's talking. <laughs> <laughs> and he never knows when to plug in. <laughs> it's true. I would just sit there and like put my bass on and just like and just look sit up there. And just smile. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I would I would just like yeah, I wouldn't plug in. I would just sit there with my bass on. Hey, what's up guys? Like, oh yeah, there's the cord. Got it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh that, so, as you can tell, A, I'm tired. Uh, B, my, my timeline's a little a little hazy sometimes because it's like I grew up in church. I knew all these things, but it had not created any kind of effect on my life to where it changed me. Yeah. And that's the power of the gospel. It changes you. It gives you a new heart, as we see in Ezekiel 36. But that is the biggest thing that I've seen in my life is just the grace of God and through that and though i was following a false christianity he still loved me enough to show me what his word actually means so yeah so thanks guys for listening to my story this week uh i really appreciate it and as always i'm hoyt i'm andrew and we will see you next week we will see you we will see you then We love you. Caleb can't say nothing about it now. He can't.